Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here again with our guest host, Anita Agarwal, and we thought today we'd have a conversation on networking and relationships. So uh, we were talking off air a little bit about that. And, and, and for me, I mean, I was never good at that. Right? I didn't have any sort of semblance or any thought that people were even important, right? My background was in computer science, and I thought it was all going to be about uh, what I did, and, and uh, I didn't really need to connect and, and chat with people. Uh, but little did I know how, or little did I understand how important people actually are. So I'd love if you will share a little bit about your experiences, and we'll probably kind of uh, trade notes and compare and contrast experiences, and then uh, uncover a little bit about what might be helpful uh, in order to, to help people network and build better relationships. So talk to us a little bit about uh, your experiences. All right. Uh, well, I think I have a very similar background to you, Luki, where I um, I did my undergrad in science and you're never really taught these kind of skills, right. these networking or social or career development skills while you're actually studying and especially more so I find in the sciences than other yep. subjects. Yep. And uh, so after I graduated, I really didn't uh, want to study science anymore. And so um I was kind of, uh, I did my postgraduate at Centennial. And I think that's where I started to learn about the importance of making connections. Mm. And uh, then I um, joined a board and I also um, worked at a, like a capstone project at Centennial. So it was kind of like a co-op, but not exactly. You're more so doing a project. So we did a website and marketing plan for an organization. And through those connections, um, I was able to leverage career opportunities, which I never had imagined before. And I mean, statistically, when we look at it as uh, career experts now, I mean, you see that like nine out of 10 jobs that anybody has is actually through their connections. It's not uh, through just, you know, applying online or, you know, that way it's always through their connections. So I, I don't know if that's your experience as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would echo that where I did computer science. So I think it is that a little bit on the science and I'm sure there are people in science that are great with people, right? Um, but that's probably more of that, that that rare breed where I guess in the sciences, you're more taught to, to be thinkers, to, to like be in the lab, be in the books and whatever. But I find like the the humanities friends, the business friends, they tend to be a little bit more uh, on, on the outgoing side for, for whatever reason. And uh, yeah, I, I would echo that. Uh, I, I don't think I learned or even knew anything about connecting with people until well after I graduated. Uh, I ended up joining Deloitte in their, their consulting practice. And yeah. I, I don't even think when I started there, I was really good with uh, building or maintaining relationships. There's a kind of a handful of, of people that I would connect to, but I would dread kind of those, um, those, those, those staff get togethers where they had a lot of people and, and like the whole department, the whole uh, service line, the whole whatever, where there was hundreds and the convention center. I, I would dread those, right? I, I actually would, yes. would make up excuses where, oh, I, I have a, a project deliverable to be due tomorrow, <laughs> so I gotta leave early. Sorry, guys, right? And, and then and then and then uh, go off, right? Yeah. Uh, then I ended up reflecting and saying, you know what? This is probably necessary for my career because you see everybody ahead of you and yeah. above you that they're networking and connecting and they're and they're they're enjoying themselves. And I said, you know what? I I, I have enjoyed myself in some of these parties. So so why is it different? 
and, and, and for me, part of, uh, I guess, learning to network, uh, as you said, because nobody teaches you how, was that, that introspection and figuring, okay, when has it been successful and when not? And, and I remember reflecting back and one was like, you know what, uh, I need to do this. And I realized that the, the times when I did it a little bit better was when I was uh, sharing, when I was learning, uh, when I was um, kind of uh, interacting more from like an academic side. So maybe that's that sciences piece where I was either learning or, or, or sharing, right? When it's just kind of the superficial, how's the weather? How's the local sports team? How's the whatever? That's kind of like, yeah, I'm not so interested. But if I was learning or, or helping others learn, then, then I found that was uh, much more beneficial from, from a networking and relationship building. But uh, how, how did you learn? Or what were kind of the first areas where you kind of started and then uh, was growing and into uh, kind of a fledgling networker to, to now a, a network and a career uh, expert networker, that sort of thing? How, how did that transition happen? Happen. Oh, yeah, that's, um, you know what, I wish I thought about this a bit more deeper. Um, I would say it kind of just, it was organic, the process, right? So you realize, okay, you've left science. And then you're repeatedly told by people, well, you know what, I think you should, you know, be introduced to so and so, they might know of something, or you should be introduced to so and so, and they might know something. And then you realize that networking really isn't just about like, you don't just go up to somebody and say, Hey, I need a job. Mm -hmm. That's never going to happen. It's never going to work. So when I say organic, I mean, like you develop these relationships over time. And I liked what you said about information sharing. And I think that's what ultimately ended up happening. Mm -hmm. I would volunteer on a project or something that I cared about. And ultimately what would happen is that person would refer me to somebody that might've been hiring. And I think that's maybe the advantage of being young where people recognize that, you know what, you're volunteering on this thing, you might really like it, you might be passionate about it, but you probably also need a job. And I think that finding, like talking and sharing information with the right people can often lead you down that path. But I wouldn't say that um, I was ever a deliberate networker. Okay. I only became a deliberate networker, I would say maybe in 2010. Hmm. And that's when I actually actively started looking to network with people. And that was more so for my business to go to events where I could find more clients, more so on the corporate side, because I'm a B2B business. So um, then I developed those skills even further there. And even then, um, when I first started like deliberately networking, um, I was terrified. Like I was genuinely terrified. Like, and you realize, well, you really shouldn't be. I mean, I think a part of me being terrified was like, oh, what are people going to think of me? Right. What if I have nothing useful to say? What if I'm not good enough? And I think that you really have to come in with the idea that people that are there to network, they're probably most of them are in the same feelings or having the same feelings as you. And if you just think of it as a conversation or an information exchange, you're going to feel better and more relaxed and you'll get more out of it. And so once I started to feel comfortable that I'm just there to make friends and not actually just kind of sell my business to people or sell them an idea that comes in afterwards, maybe, or maybe in a very organic way, um, I started to feel more comfortable with networking. Whereas now, like if somebody told me, oh, well, you're going to go to this event and there is like 3,500 people there and you're going to have a great time. Um, I would be like, yes, I am going to have a great time, you know? Yeah, I would probably echo this sentiment where, uh, well, I, I, I probably 
started a little later than you were, probably 2014, 15 is probably when I realized the importance of networking where, uh, and by this time I've been working at, at Deloitte for like over a decade and, and, and people were getting promoted ahead of me and stuff like that. I'm like, how come? I, I've done such a great job and all that sort of stuff. And I realized it's, it's oftentimes about who you know and, and more importantly, who knows you, right? Because yeah. if, if, if uh, you know more people, then they are more likely to know you, which means you have a reputation, which means you're probably be selected for better and bigger projects and, and promotions and stuff like that, right? Um, so I started getting more deliberate around that. And then, yeah, you were kind of in my head as like, yeah, what are they going to think about me and whatever, like terrified and all that. Uh, so, so kind of uh, shriveling into the, the corner, I, I was often like by the food, by the drinks. And I actually found that was a great tactic because eventually people would come and grab some food or drinks and then I could kind of uh, pounce on them <laughs> to, to, to <laughs> engage in a conversation, right? But I found that uh, you usually wait till after they get their food, like you don't kind of interrupt them as they're getting their food. Uh, and then it, it kind of develops more organically in the conversation. And I love what you said about uh, it being a conversation. And really, these are friends that you haven't yet met or haven't yet spent enough time with. And if you treat that as kind of the mindset, uh, I find that very helpful. Uh, one of the things that really helped me is um, I, was, I was chatting with someone and they, they mentioned about being uh, interested instead of interesting. Because a lot of it yes. was me trying to say, okay, I'm so good. I'm so amazing. And I have to tell you how good I am. Versus sometimes it's just asking questions about that person yeah. uh, because everyone's favorite subject is usually themselves, right? In, yes. in some shape yeah. or form. And, and I like to say that people have what, what I call their, their button topic, right? Where yeah. if you push that button and I, if I can find it, then you'll keep going and going and going and going. And, and the outgoing folks, they tend to have huge buttons where you just kind of like lean over and you'll accidentally press it. Uh, but for, for introverts, they have kind of like, if you've ever had like a, a modem or something where you need like that pen to like uh, poke that little button to hit the reset, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that type of button where some people, when they're more shy, it's a teeny tiny button, but everyone has one. Uh, and you just, you just have to be um, kind of persistent enough to, to find it and, and navigate your way to it. Um, and then you can have a conversation by, by having that person uh, open up to, the, to you. And sometimes it might not be in the first instance, right? Yeah. You might have to take multiple times for people to be open to that. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot that you mentioned here that obviously resonated with me. Um, it, it's true. It's that like little spark, you know, that button that you're mentioning. And all of a sudden, you know that you've made that spark because then mm -hmm. people just can uncontrollably start talking about that that topic, right? And, um, you know, and the other thing that you mentioned was like being interested. And I mean, I like... I know that the book, maybe some people think it's outdated, but you know, it's, it goes back to Dale Carnegie, right? How to mm -hmm. win friends and influence people. Right. It's such a, you know, a typical thing and it's such a um, truth, right? It's one of those, you know, ancient truths. If you show that you're interested in someone, they're going to be open it, open up to you and you have to be sincere about it. You can't just like be fake about it. Mm -hmm. You have to ask them questions about what do they do? Why do they like what they do? Don't um, leave it to just like, uh, yes and no questions. When you ask those questions and you're getting to know someone, allow them to speak. Um, ask them questions that are more open-ended and talk to them about what, what it is that they're passionate about because then you might be able to push that button that you were talking about, right? Yeah, and, and what comes to mind is there's uh, a saying, I forget who said it, but it's uh, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. So, so that, that's kind oh, of that, that quote. Oh, that's that, a good one. Uh, yeah, so, so oftentimes when uh, someone is genuinely interested, then you, you build more of that, that connection. Um, can, can you describe some of the, the first instances of kind of networking? How do you get over that, that, that anxiety or, or 
kind of the, those challenges or what are, what are some of the, the tactics or tips that, that you undertook in order to, to make yourself uh, the life of the party and just able to network a little bit better? Um, so, I mean, I, I think like, okay, so I am an extrovert. However, okay. I think like yourself, I tend to like gravitate to the edges of the event. Mm. I don't like to be at the center. So, you know, you're saying you're at the buffet table or whatever. I like to, um, I also like to pick out people. First of all, I like to go into a room and I like to observe. Mm. And if there's other people who are um, either alone by themselves, or if there's people that are maybe in groups of twos or threes, then I'm curious to go talk to them. And I think the other thing that I discovered was I started to feel more comfortable networking when I was able to introduce myself properly. Yeah. So I know that, you know, we, we tell our students about elevator pitches, right. right? But I think that that's a part of the preparation. If you go to an event and someone comes up to you and says, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, they're just trying to ask you a question, but if you're not prepared, that question could be the most you know, stumping question that you could get that night. Right. So I think a lot of it um, came to me, especially when I started to go to these conferences for business to have a little bit of preparation in hand. So, you know, figuring out an elevator pitch that worked for me, figuring out good questions that I might want to ask somebody, whether or not I plan to do business with them or not. Um, and also maybe taking in some literature of my business mm -hmm. with me on in those gatherings. But I think preparation is a big part of it. And we tend to um, underestimate how important it is because I think that a lot of people tend to be humble. They're like, oh, well, I'm not going to prepare because that looks, you know, canned. But mm -hmm. no, I think just like anything, you, you should come in with a little bit of preparation. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think uh, you brought a good point about uh, yourself being an extrovert because I identify as an introvert, uh, someone who, who's uh, kind of better with a smaller group of people. But, but I found that uh, a lot of people actually misunderstand the definitions where uh, they think an introvert is, is naturally shy, which generally is, is true. Uh, but I actually know some, a couple of people who are uh, shy extroverts. Right. And what, what that means is they love being in a huge crowd, but they don't want to be the one initiating it. They want other people to come by. And then once they're in there, they're, they're having a great time. Uh, and, and now I actually identify myself as an outgoing introvert where I will initiate, but only in a small, tiny group. Right. If there's a lot of people, then then I won't I won't initiate um, because shy and, and outgoing are, are slightly different. And I find that the, the shy to outgoing is uh can happen through practice, which kind of brings you to your point about the, the preparation, right? The more that you practice, the more that you do things, the more that you prepare, uh, the, 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 the better uh, things become. Because, well, I know what I'm going to say in this instance, when so, so no one's going to surprise me with, with what do you do, right? That simple introduction type of thing. Like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And if they ask me about other aspects, what I was doing today, anything about the news or a sports team or whatever, I have already have a prepared answer. Because, uh, yeah, I think winging it is one of those things where it's uh, probably works for, for some people, but a small group of people and the people who will end up uh, being good at networking are the ones who've practiced and probably the ones who have reflected on it too. Because I think for me, uh, where I started improving is where I consciously reflected after every session and said, you know what, what did I do well? And I made a note to make sure that I do it again. And what could I have done better? And then that those that simple act, I improve whatever, 1% each time, 10% each time, or, or uh, half a percentage point. But then it compounds over time. And then you get better and better and better. And I still don't think that I'm like the greatest networker. And sometimes I have to like motivate myself and go, 
okay, let me go out there and, and talk to people. But yeah. the, I'm way better than I was uh, like uh, a couple of years ago, for sure. Yeah, no, all really, really good points. Um, so much to think about here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that this is the thing about, you know, practicing and uh, knowing who you are. It's like, it's like, you're always going to try to put your best foot forward, whether you're going on a date, whether you're going to a networking event. And I think your personality also requires that kind of work, mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of us, we're not just naturally, you know, open to the idea of going and meeting with a whole bunch of strangers. So if you have that preparation and you think about the fact that, you know what, this work is required work, you're going to feel better. The other thing that um, I would say is there's so many YouTube channels that oh. I really love that actually, um, talk about these things. So like, there's so many videos about how to do good networking, mm -hmm. how to network as an introvert, also how to network to make the most impact. But then there's a couple of channels that are also about personality. Mm -hmm. So um, there's one called charisma on command. Okay. And I really like it. Like I always recommend it to my students, because what they do is they take um, videos of celebrities who are on interviews, and then they dissect it. What did this person do that made them interesting or int interested to mm -hmm. talk to people. And I, I think that's a really, it's a really good channel. And I think it's very helpful because when you see that even like world leaders or celebrities or can be awkward and quirky, just like the rest of us, you're like, right. oh, wait a second, this is where I can improve, or this is how I can improve or emulate that. Right. Um, so a I ran for office a couple of times. Um, I ran for provincial parliament and I ran for federal parliament. And um, the thing is, what people don't realize is when they see a good politician or they see a person who's speaking well in public, that's not natural. That is right. training. Like people who are celebrities, people who are spokespeople, people who are politicians, they get trained. I mean, mm -hmm. we got trained on how to shake hands. Like we got oh, really? trained. Yeah, yeah. We got trained on how to look at the camera. We got trained on how to look at um, when you're in a debate, how to look at people in a debate. Um, where should your eyes be focused? We every single politician or spokesperson gets um, this thing called a message box. Mm -hmm. So you're supposed to bring back a topic to back to your central theme. So you learn the techniques of debating, you learn the techniques of talking about your messaging. And I think that's what people don't realize. When we sometimes look at people who are proficient in speaking publicly, we tend to think, oh, they're just naturally good at it. Right. And that's a, such a lie. It's such a like, it's a myth. So um, I think that everybody just like whether or not you're changing your attire or trying to impress somebody um, with your, your clothing and your makeup and hair. I mean, it's the same thing with your personality, you do have to do work in terms of speaking to strangers in terms of how you're, um, you know, behaving. I think that that's, that's a thing you know, and you can improve. And I think with that knowledge of knowing that there's training for these things, you can know that you can improve. There is a, you know, there is an upward, you know, progression. Yeah, and I think that that's a great point where everyone should take it upon themselves to uh, be as, as good as they want to be, right? They don't have to be the world's best uh, speaker or orator or, or networker or whatever, 
but you just have to be kind of good enough, right? So just, just like people type, everyone pretty much knows how to type, right? You might be touch typing, whatever. You might not do 100 words per minute, that sort of thing, but everyone's uh, good enough where they can get by uh, and, and communicate effectively, build effective relationships and things like that. So I think that's a great point where just put in the effort. Like the first time you try typing, you're doing kind of the hunt and peck <laughs> of, of two fingers. And then eventually you, you, you got a little faster and better. So it is a skill that you can improve. And, and one thing that I uh, wanted to mention is, well, there's a relationship, the initial connection and all that sort of stuff. But uh, don't forget about the follow-up, right? Because oftentimes it yes. is a relationship. It's long-term. So you're at a networking event and you meet someone. Sometimes you hit it off. Sometimes you don't or whatever. But don't stop it there, right? Uh, connect with them on, on LinkedIn, business cards, the phone numbers, whatever it is, and follow up over time, right? Uh, some people who do it professionally from a business perspective, they have all sorts of CRM, customer relationship management systems that do that. But individually, you should probably have a running note of like, well, who are people that I should know? And have I spoken to them in the past five, six months? And if I haven't, well, reach reach out. Uh, one, one of the tips I often have is, is uh, go grab your, your smartphone, uh, go to your text messages and scroll all the way down to the, to the oldest message and text them. Because chances are that person is someone that you kind of know because you only really text people you know. And what are they doing? Even that person you haven't spoken to like for four years or texted for four years, what are they up to? Like, it would be kind of cool to get a, a random text message. Hey, how's it going? It's like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to connect with you and I totally forgot and I'm so glad you reached out, that sort of thing. And sometimes once in a while you get crickets, <laughs> but usually there's some... <laughs> Interesting response. So I encourage folks to uh, really manage that that follow up and 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 connecting because relationships sometimes you have those fast friends as if you've known them forever, yeah. but usually like it takes time, it takes months, it takes years, it takes decades to develop those yeah. relationships with something uh, that that's useful. So. And, and I think um, what is it? There's this like I was reading something somewhere and I can't recall where this is from, but they were talking about you need to have at least six or seven encounters with people mm. before you really develop a good relationship, you know, or where they can trust you. So it's like, and now it's interesting because even if you're doing that encounter on LinkedIn, that still counts as one encounter. Sure. So I like what you said about scrolling through your messages, because now we can ex actually expedite um, those relationships or intimacy with people, mm -hmm. because we can have multiple places where we can have that encounter with them, those touch points. For sure. And, and while these are kind of the, the tactical methods or whatever, it still doesn't beat that genuine interest and, and caring yeah. and <clears throat> authenticity of like, you know what, I actually want to know uh, about this person, right? Because if you don't have that, then any amount of, of tactics of scrolling of whatever it is, it, it's not going to help. So if you really think, well, this person is, is, is a human being, right? And, and uh, what if I told you that uh, whomever you connect with, they would eventually that relationship is going to be worth uh, $10,000. Right. And, and yeah. chances are for, for anybody you connect with, there's going to be something along the lines that might uh, reach out, whether they refer you to someone or whatever. So uh, treat that person with 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 respect and, and be nice to everyone, because uh, another aspect of, of, of networking that I like to say is you never know right? because you reach out to that person. You never know uh, if, if they'll reach out back. Uh, you never know who they'll be connected to, or you never know what they'll end up doing later on in the future. Because uh, as we were talking off air, like the, the world is small, right? It, it really even, is. Even with 7 billion plus people, then the, the people are somehow connected in, in the, the strangest ways sometimes. Oh, for sure. For sure. I am... Um... 
I, a friend of mine who's uh, now deceased, like she died very young uh, from cancer in her forties, but she was at one point in Toronto known as the networking queen of Toronto. Mm. And her and I never really connected. It was really strange, but then all of a sudden our friendship was expedited. And then I asked her, Hey, how did we end up becoming such close friends? And she's like, I don't think you realize, you know, um, I'm the networking queen of Toronto and I'll tell you what I did to become friends with you. And I'm like, okay, what did you do? And she's like, I asked you for coffee and then you were busy. Then I asked you if you wanted to go to um, this event and you weren't interested, but I didn't give up. I asked you on four different events. And then finally I found one where you said yes. And it was of your interest. And she's like, that's how I make friends. I find something in common with them. And it doesn't matter if someone says no. And I was like, I'm literally nobody. And you wanted to hang out with me. That's so nice. And now we're hanging out all the time. So I was like, that is very thoughtful, but she's like, no, it's a process. You know, you, you have to give people options and it's not necessarily always going to work, but, um, ultimately you might find that one thing, like you said as well, this button or this connection that you have in common. Yeah. I think that reminds me of, I think the Zig Ziglar quote where he says, uh, you can have anything you want if you help others get whatever they want. Right. So, so she did exactly that for you. Like, well, yeah. uh, fourth time's a charm, I guess. And not, not the third time, fourth time's a charm. She found something that you were interested in, And then she was able to cultivate that to, uh, to something that became, well, pretty much best friends. So uh, mm-hmm. as we kind of close things off, uh, what are some of the, the swipe, the stuff I wish I knew earlier that if you would share uh, kind of to young Anita or, or uh, others out there in terms of like networking and building relationships, what are the kind of the, the one or two uh, key things that, that you want folks to take away and, and maybe even uh, challenge themselves to do now? So um, I, I'd say a couple of things, one, which I already mentioned, which was, um, you know, just, just assume that everyone that's going to a networking event is going there for a good time. They're going for the same reasons as you. So sometimes you might look at a speaker or somebody else in the audience or somebody else on the stage and you might think, oh my God, why am I here? I don't belong here. You might get into that imposter syndrome mode, but don't because everybody is there on the same journey as you. They're there to connect with other people, make new contacts, maybe have a fun time and branch out. So having that positive outlook and having that, um, confidence when you approach this is really going to help you. That's really what helped me is, is learning that. The other thing is, um, don't be disappointed. If people don't connect with you for whatever reason, like my friend, uh, Lynn, who said, who said that to me, you know, don't be disappointed. Sometimes you make a connection. Sometimes you don't, you might feel that you had a great time with certain people, but then later on, you know, they might just disappear. And that might not be about you. It might be with their own schedules, their own timing, but disappointment is, is not a big deal. Don't be disappointed. First of all, just, just assume that there's something else happening and it's okay. Even if, you know, they say no. So I guess those are two things that I wish I knew earlier that I probably wouldn't feel so nervous or bad about networking, you know? Yeah. I think those, those are definitely great ones where, um, like, 
making sure that, well, people are networking events because they want to network, right? So taking that time and, and, and benefiting from that uh, kind of assumption is great. And uh, having zero expectations, because if you have zero expectations, then you're always going to be pleasantly surprised <laughs> if, if, if yeah. something happens. Uh, I guess the ones that I would probably say is, uh, one is, allocate the time to practice and reflect, right? Because oftentimes people don't bother, right? This is something they'll do once uh, a year, once a month, once a whatever, when it happens. But if you actually consciously make the time, you know what, I will uh, grab coffee with this person. And, and every uh, week, every month, you, you allocate an hour, a lunchtime or whatever it is to actually purposely do that, to scroll through your LinkedIn, your text messages or whatever. When you take that time, uh, if, then, then you tend to, to get better. Uh, and, and the other part um, kind of goes a little bit to what you said. Of, uh, it comes from a quote from, I, I've heard uh, Henry Ford say it, and I, I've heard Confucius say it, but uh, Confucius, I guess, was around first, so I'm going to use his. He says, like, he who thinks he can and he who thinks he can't is probably correct, right? So as long as you feel that you can network and build a relationship, then you'll be able to. If you yeah. think you won't, then you won't be able to, right? So take That's that good. positive outlook, outlook and, and uh, know that you can. And, and I encourage folks to, to reach out and maybe connect with us and connect with uh, a long lost classmate, alumni or someone that you haven't yet and see how those uh, relationships can kind of bloom and flourish over time. Um, so th thanks, Nita, for, for joining us. And Thank any you. parting words for the, for the guests before we go? Um, no, just uh, all ABC, always be connecting, right? <laughs> that's, I, mean, I guess that's the, the quote for the day. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Nika, for joining us, and hopefully we'll have you back for another episode. Yes, that's fun. Thank you so much for having me, Luki. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu. L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U and the same on most social media platforms and I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.